2: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: All right, final hour tonight of Sunday Bet Prep, our NFL betting preview show for week 13. Scott Sprites or Matt Humans here at the VEASAN studio inside the Circus Sportsbook. And joined now by our friend and sometimes co host, Scott Kellen, NFL handicapper at Six Cents NFL. Scott, welcome back to, to the show tonight. I asked uh, a previous guest this tonight, and I'll uh, let you answer it. How was last week for you, and how do you grade your NFL season up to this point as we head down the stretch in December?
4: Hey guys, uh, good to be back. Uh, last week was great. Last three weeks have been really good. I think seventeen and six, uh, give or take. So, uh, and as a year, uh, we're on the plus side now. Uh, I think about fifty-four percent, couple couple units up. So. Um, we're going down the stretch run, and hopefully we can keep it up. The last week's been great, and if we can finish the season this way, it'll end up being a really good year.
3: All right. Unlike uh, Aaron Rodgers, Scott is not looking for injury excuses, <laughs> and uh, Scott is winning games. Scott, is. <laughs> Scott, let's talk about the Packers and the Bears at Soldier Field. And uh, You do like the road favorite here. You're laying the number. It was actually three and a half. I know when you played it, and uh, the total of 44 and a half Last night in the Circa Friday Football Invitational, we had a – uh, a couple cappers who really uh, liked the Packers-Bears over, so do you. So you like the, uh, the road favorite and the over at Soldier Field.
4: I do, uh, and I heard Paul Bovey on earlier and, and respect Paul, and boy, I mean, he took a lot of what I was going to say. I mean, this Bears team is really decimated from the injury standpoint. I think the one he didn't mention, which on the offensive side, is the wide receiver Mooney now out. But, you know, they lost Rokan Smith, traded them away, their best linebacker, maybe the best defensive player. Safety, Eddie Jackson gone. Uh, Brisker, Gordon, the secondary were out last week. They're going to miss again this week. I mean, this defense is just really bad right now. And Green Bay, for all their troubles, they're still ninth best in the league running the ball. Now they're going to face the Bears' 23rd league rush defense. Uh, In the last two weeks, the Bears have allowed 149 yards to Atlanta, 158 to the Jets. And the Packers' passing offense hasn't been great. I rate it right now, 14th in the league but they're going to play the now this bears pass defense that is tied for in my rankings for last in the league and, and past defense as well. Green Bay should be able to go up and down the field on this team. And green Bay has played a really tough schedule this year. They've played nine winning teams this season. There's only 13 teams in the league that have won seven or more games. Green Bay's played nine of them. Now they've, you know, with the debacle over year that they've had, they've kind of contributed to those teams getting the seven wins of course. But, um, they really only played two bad defenses this year. That was the Bears in Week 2. They won that game 27-10. to 10. And then uh, against the Lions, they lost that game 15-9. to nine. But if you remember, they went up and down the field in that game, and Rodgers threw three picks, two inside the 10-yard line, one at the 20-22-yard line. So they were going in for probably three more touchdowns uh, if Rodgers would not have thrown picks. It was his worst game. He obviously loves playing here. He's 11 and three against the spread on the road in Chicago during the regular season. He even made reference this week, something to the fact I'm going back to play at my favorite place. You know, he wants to go there and win. And, and I think, you know, I'm a Packer fan. I just play has nothing to do with that. It's, it's just based on the numbers, but you start to watch him. They're starting to get a semblance of what they think and want to do on offense. Uh, you know, Watson is emerging as a receiver. He's got Cobb and Lazard backs. So they're healthy from that standpoint. Bakhtiari's out. That's not great. Uh, but I think there's more than enough talent. And this talent, now with the Bears kind of losing all these guys, trading away injuries, there's just way more talent, in my mind, on this Packers squad if they can just execute and play well. And the Bears are really playing this for next year. You know, they've, they, they, they've kind of figured out what they have in Justin Fields uh, this year, and they've traded away some players. they got a whole lot of money to spend next year. I think this is the one chance for Green Bay to get right and go in and win this game pretty comfortably. And the Packers have had enough injuries on their defense here where I think Chicago can get some points as well, especially if we get just some kind of a semblance of what we've seen from Justin Fields lately. I like Green Bay pretty strong here, and I like the over as well.
3: How much of a difference does it make for you when you're playing over the total that Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback for the Bears?
4: Oh, it's, it's everything, right? Yeah. I mean, we kind of saw, you know, you watch that game last week. It reminded me of uh, Colin Kaepernick, the NFC championship <laughs> game against Green Bay, you know, a few years ago. And I, uh, and I don't know, you know, and Bowlby studied as well. I don't know how aggressive fields will be, but if you watch Josh Allen in the post game the other night, they were saying, saying to him, you know, you need to get out of bounds and all this and that. And Josh said, it's just the way I play the game. You know, he can't, he can't help himself. So, you know, we'll see what, how fields plays that uh, as well. But um You know, if if it was just Simeon, I wouldn't have been on the over, that's for sure. I'm expecting that we'll get something out of Fields to contribute, uh, you know, from the Bears side of this uh, ledger for the offensive points as well.
5: (laughs) Simeon was so bad last week that you got to go with Fields at, you know, maybe 80% as far as his health is concerned this week. Got to ask you about a two team teaser that you're looking at. I like to play on myself. We both got kind of um, we got down on, on these teasers earlier this week, which was, you know, fortunate because the lines moved on one half of your teaser, one half of mine. I know you like the Seahawks. Uh, teased down to one, I believe it was, to the Raiders, uh, who were a dog, and teased them up. I actually went with the Seahawks to the, to the uh, Ravens, Scott, and then, you know, it's just no longer good because the Ravens have been bumped up to nine and a half. You're seeing the same thing with half a year ticket on the Raiders becoming the favorite. Uh, but you said you were kind of looking, you were telling Matt now, you were kind of looking at the Browns Houston Texans game as a potential second half of that teaser along with the Seahawks
4: yeah and, and and I did play Houston minus seven, but obviously with that line moving up now, I think the teaser is a better play and you know quite and I don't I'm not gonna play both of those because I don't think I want want that much on the Browns. and if I had my choice, I'd rather do the teaser anyway. I think it's a, a safer bet. but I mean, you guys talked about it earlier too. How, how could Cleveland bowl this? Well, this is clearly the game of the year for Houston. The Cleveland rush defense is not good. Uh, so there are some aspects there there's a path here where I can see Cleveland uh, Houston doing something, but you know, from a teaser standpoint, we're basically asking him to win by more than two. Cleveland is still bringing the fifth best rushing game against a 26 Houston rush defense. It's a 26 passing Houston offense, a uh, defense. Sorry. And you know, with Brissett in there, Cleveland was about middle of the road passing offense. I think they're going to be better with Watson. Now, do they get better in this game? You know, that's, Obviously, what we have to see because he's got to get acclimated to the offense. Uh, but they should be able to move the ball here, and I think just the style that Cleveland can can play in this game because of Houston's weak defense. Watson should be able to ease into this game through the run game and through his own legs if he has to. I could see them coming out and throwing on the first series of the game and then easing into the run game. Um, and the Browns have played a pretty tough schedule this year. They've only played four games against losing teams. They're three and one straight up. And remember, we're just trying to win this game by more than two. They're three and one straight up, but they're only lost against losing teams by three to Atlanta. Houston has played, I should say, against the top three passing teams at Houston's base this year. They've allowed 38 to Vegas, 29 to Philly, and 30 to Miami, all in the first half last week. Um, So I can see Houston being able to put some points on the board here. And Houston's played two teams that I think are very similar to Cleveland this year in Vegas with a a decent offense and a bad defense, and the Chargers who maybe were a little bit better offensively and and certainly a bad defense as well. They lost 38-20 to to Vegas. They lost 34-24 to here at home uh, to the Chargers. Uh, And I think those teams are very similar to Cleveland, especially with Watson. If we're getting anything from Watson that's better than Brissette. And lastly here, again, we're just trying to win by more than two. Since Watson left, Houston's now 2-10-1 straight up as a home dog since they, they got rid of uh, Deshaun Watson. They're not winning these games straight up. Um, so, yes, this game of the year, this could create some problems here for, for Houston or for Cleveland, uh, but just asking them to win by more than two points I feel pretty good about that. I'm going to use them in one leg of a teaser.
3: All right, Browns eight point road favorites right now at Circus Sports. How about the uh, Chiefs Bengals matchup with uh, the Chiefs two point road favorites total of fifty
4: three? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to tease the uh, Bengals up here. Uh, I've got enough value, I think, to play the Bengals straight up. Uh, I, I just against the spread, but I feel better with the tease. You know, for a couple reasons here. Uh, Mahomes, when he's been a road favorite of three or less, he's six two and one against the spread. When he's been a road favorite of more than three, he's only ten and twelve against the spread, including losing um at the charges just a few weeks ago in terms of against the spread. And again, you know, we're gonna get eight and a half or so or eight points here in the teaser. Uh and then from a Joe Burrow standpoint, he has been very good as a home dog. Now he's four and three against the spread as a home dog. But the key here is all these games have been close. In his, whatever, whatever that is, seven games as a home dog, they've lost by three, lost by three, won by 11, won by three, lost by three, lost by three, and won by three. So when he's getting more than three points, he's 4-0-1 against the spread. And I remember watching all their games last year. Remember, they played the 49ers, the Packers, the Vikings, these Chiefs at home, uh, and all those games are really close games. I think we're in for another close game here. Both these teams' top ten throwing the ball. They're both mediocre in, in the middle of the road defending the pass. Very similar teams. Uh, and, Scott, I heard you saying it, I think earlier, or someone was saying it that, that, you know, sometimes Andy Reed probably holds back some of his best play calls for, for the, these kinds of games. And I, I truly believe that. And that's why I just prefer getting a few more points here and getting it up to eight, eight and a half points as opposed to the two and a half to feel a little bit safer with the bet. But I think there's a, a plenty of value from a teaser standpoint with Cincinnati in this game.
5: Do you think they need to play a lower-scoring game, he to be able to win? If you look at Kansas City, their two losses this year, they've both been relatively low-scoring. I think they were held to like 37 points combined in the two losses. Or do you think Cincinnati's good enough on offense to win in a shootout or a cover in a shootout?
4: Well, I mean, they were you know, 34-31, I think, last year here against Kansas City. Uh, but I, I think you know, a little bit lower-scoring game, I think, is probably going to be better for Cincinnati. Um, the one weakness for Cincinnati in this game is the Kansas City rush uh, pass rush has been pretty good. I think I had it ranked fifth best in the league, and Cincinnati's down there. At maybe 28th, they don't have it in front of me, uh, but they're pretty poor, right? And so uh, that is one area they can get in trouble, uh, but they're equipped. And what they did going to Tennessee last week, that told me a lot because that is not an easy place to go play, and they just played that game very well. I think the biggest question here is how much they're going to play uh, Jamar Chase and how much do they get out of him. But I think lower scoring is probably a little safer for Cincinnati.
3: That's Scott Kellen at Six Cents NFL. Scott, appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned if you can because we're going to talk about Scott Spritzer's favorite player, Russell Wilson, next. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>
6: Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio
0: or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
3: How's this for a combination, Scott? Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. I'm in. Okay, join I'm the in. action on the pitch <laughs> with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Go to DraftKings.com/Heineken. Now, to start your run of victory, Heineken beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. DraftKings.com for details. All right. Back here on the uh, NFL preview show. And Scott wanted five minutes set aside to uh, <laughs> <laughs> talk about the sweet elixir that is Russell the Wilson. Sweet elixir.
5: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wilson.
3: Russell Wilson, last week, again, you were able to just kick back in your recliner and enjoy it as he put it on an offensive uh, show uh, for the Broncos. <laughs> this week, the Broncos are in Baltimore. Now, here's a problem with, uh, you know, dissing Denver uh, this week. This Ravens team, Scott's not been able to uh, protect leads no. or really win by margins. And yeah. right now, we're seeing a DraftKings Baltimore minus 9.5, total of 39.5.
5: And like I mentioned earlier, I teased the Ravens down when they were eight and a half. I teased them down to two and a half, right. and that's as high as I'll go as eight and a half. Teasing it down under three. Uh, so right now, that teaser is no longer in play. If you haven't got it yet, uh, I just don't tease anything above two and a half or down to anything above two and a half. Uh, they've been money makers in the month of December. We've seen Harbaugh get this team, you know, settled in and and ready to go to make that big stretch run. They've covered 12 in the last 14 mm-hmm. December games. I'm not so sure they're going to get there. Maybe this week, but maybe not after this. You look at Denver, an obvious mess, and the defense is beginning to wear down because of the lack of offense. And that was the scary thing over the last few weeks when you talk about Denver. Like, at what point does the defense just almost, not because they want to, but pack it in because of attrition and wear and tear and get no help at all from the offensive side? They've topped 16 points twice this season, have the Denver Broncos. Uh, Listen, I, I lean under this one a little bit. Denver doesn't score. Defense doesn't give up points. 10-1 10-1 and one under run, if you like all that stuff. Uh, there's obvious that there's some dis- uh, dysfunction and dissension when it comes to what's going on between Russell Wilson and mm. a couple of his players. We saw uh, some sideline antics between Wilson and a couple of guys. But listen, he stunk it up, and he looks cooked, and we all get that. But the play calling was, <laughs> even, was, was even more pathetic since day one of this coaching staff taking right. over. Uh-huh. And, and I'm not going to make any excuse at all for Russell Wilson, because I really got tired of Matt Humans texting me on Sunday <laughs> afternoons, especially if I was like 0 and 2 with two games to go. Uh, but anyway, you know, as far as this is concerned, it's like we go all the way back to preseason. You bring a guy in, you're throwing a new offense at him, and you don't let him play in the preseason. Uh, okay, we're going to learn on the fly because you know that's the way you do it in the NFL. You, you wait until you get to a regular season game, and and you, your your quarterback has no clue of what he's supposed to be doing on the field. It uh, just ridiculous. Right from the start, so Russell Wilson's been pathetic. The coaching was pathetic even before Russell Wilson uh, started playing so badly. I'm worried about that defense again, but I think this could be. This just looks like a 27 to 10 type of game. Mm-hmm. A defensive touchdown from Denver gets to 10, you know. But so I kind of like the under a little bit, 27-7, 27-10. I'm not gonna lay the nine and a half with Baltimore. I'm gonna ride out that uh, Seattle to Baltimore teaser when Baltimore was teased down to two and a half, but uh, lean towards the under a little bit more than I do the Ravens.
3: Yeah, this is a pass for me. I don't want to lay these points with the Ravens, uh, but the Broncos right now, the worst scoring offense in the NFL, 14.3 points per game. Scott, if uh, when the Broncos made the Russell Wilson trade, what if I had told you that after 12 weeks, the Broncos had the worst scoring offense in the NFL? Would you have believed it? No.
5: I mean, I would have thought probably Seattle would have a better chance. of You know, know, me, I was like, I mean, I've been anti-Geno Smith since halfway through his, his uh, last season at West Virginia. And he never gave you a reason to think otherwise. And then we saw what he's done and it's like a total flip or turnaround. So I give him nothing but all the credit in the world along with the coaching staff that knew how to, I guess, game plan with his best skill set in mind. And what I found out about Geno Smith is he's pretty darn sharp on the field. He's got a high football IQ. Mm -hmm. And so I would have said, oh, I I think Seattle's going to be worse on offense than Denver this year. I, I would have never thought that we knew Wilson's career was dropping off. We knew he couldn't run anymore like he used to, but never did I think it was going to be this bad. All right, so uh, let's move on from uh, Baltimore
3: to Atlanta. Steelers-Falcons, and the Steelers have back-to-back road games after winning at Indianapolis on Monday night, and uh, they had an easy target in Matt Ryan. They actually had to escape a uh, a late threat from the Colts who mismanaged their two-minute drill, mm-hmm. and um, that was Jeff Saturday's worst uh, of his three games as interim coach by far. He's taken a beating from the critics this week. But, you know, Matt Ryan could have called timeout too. Here's what I said. You know, he's a veteran quarterback. And when he scrambled and he slid short of the first down, first of all, get the first down. You exactly. know, don't slide a yard short in that, in that scenario. So everybody was quick to jump on Saturday. I'm saying, right. how about Ryan, get the first down. True. And then when you slide short, jump up and call timeout. Why didn't he call time?
5: No, you're absolutely, and he's been around forever. Right. You know, this isn't like a rookie who all of a sudden is making a, a bad mistake because he hasn't experienced it. And, you know, I get it. I agree.
3: But anyway, the uh, Steelers move on to Atlanta, and at one point the Falcons were two-point favorites, and uh, now the steel it's Pickham, Steelers minus one. Scott, I want to hear how you break this down because initially this week I, I like the Steelers in this spot, even though I hate to t- play teams on back-to-back road games in the, in the second half of it. Uh, but I also think this Falcons team is uh, somewhat of a fade here, has lost uh, three of the past four. And then each of those three losses has failed to score more than, I, I think has averaged uh, 15 points in those three losses.
5: Yeah, I've been involved with the Steelers two of the last three games. And uh, last week it was on a teaser and they got the cover. Um, that was against both the Colts and the Saints over the last three weeks. Right. Passed this week, thought about the Falcons being a contest play and that fell off pretty quickly. Uh, they can run the football, they do it well, and they're just a few plays away from a 4-1 and straight-up run, even though they have the bad record that you mentioned. Uh, They've averaged six yards per play last week against a good Washington defense. They threw the interception in the end zone, which turned out to be the difference. But uh, listen, they've won four of their last five at home. That's not bad. Every home game except for the 14-point win over San Francisco has been close and virtually down to the wire. Thought about Atlanta. I need to know more about um, T.J. Watts. I need to know more about Pittsburgh's running backs, Mm -hmm. both banged up a little bit. If they're all three able to go, the two running backs and, of course, Watts, and then it's a situation where all of a sudden Pittsburgh's a little bit better going into this game than maybe I power-rated them, thinking those three might miss the game. Yeah. So I ended up just having a pass altogether, Matt. Okay. I, you know,
3: I, the Steelers I talked about, I said the Falcons, they've lost three of the past four, and those three losses averaged 15 points per game. Excruciating last week if you had the Falcons oh, the yeah. points in the game at Washington. That was one of my – I had that as a contest play in one of the contests, Scott. Mm-hmm. And that's the second time I've lost a contest play at the goal line in a game in Washington. Mm-hmm. The previous time was when Carson Wentz threw the pick right. at the goal line. Yep. It's tough to lose those. Uh, if you're going to win in these contests, you got to win those type of games. And I've, I've lost two of those now at the goal line in Washington. But I, I feel like the Falcons, that fast start was a fluke, and now they're fading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can understand why you passed. How about Commanders and Giants? And when I got in the back door with the Giants on Thanksgiving Day, even though they were up 13-7 to seven at the half. I said, I don't, I'm not going to be playing this team much sure. the rest of the way. They're beat up with injuries. Uh, things look bad, but we'll see if Brian Dable can hold things together. The Giants are actually home dogs to the Commanders.
5: Would you have thought this four no, weeks ago? No. I mean, you know, Would it's crazy. I not thought that. Giants, two bad draft kings, the line is two. Yeah, well, got to wonder about the wear and tear on Washington a little bit. They've not had a weekend off this entire season, right? I mean, we're 13 games into the season. And this team's not had that weekend where they can just kind of relax a little bit, get ready emotionally, mentally, and get rested up for the next game. G-Men haven't played since Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we know the Giants were never as good as their record after that big start or whatever they were, 7-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, But there's been, I think, a little bit of an overreaction to losing the last two games. I made this game pick them before the Thanksgiving week games started. Right. And uh, so I'm a couple of points off the spread, which is kind of a big deal for me. The Giants 4-0 against the spread off a straight-up loss this season. Uh, They weren't favored last time on the road against Dallas coming off a loss to Detroit, you'll recall, uh, for obvious reasons. But they were favored over Chicago and Houston off their previous two losses, and those games were at home also. Uh, If you're into quarterback ratings, QBRs, Daniel Jones' QBR is better than Tyler Heineke's. He's he's just a 60% passer, talking about Heineke. Only six yards per pass with almost as many picks as touchdown passes this season. And three of the wins came against weak opposition, the one thing about the Giants that they're still doing, red zone defense. They're top five in the league in red zone defense. I i think they pull what would be a minor upset here against Washington. I like the Giants this week.
3: You know, I do like a lot of the things Brian Dable is doing with Daniel Jones, too. Absolutely. You know, yeah. its uh, He's been effective running the ball. He's not been turning it over as much. But you also have to wonder at the end of the season, is Dable going to look somewhere else for the answer at quarterback? And I think that same... Question is going to come up in Las Vegas with Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels as we Absolutely. head into the offseason.
5: Yeah. No doubt about that. As far as uh, what he's done with uh, with with Dan- Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, the thing he's got him doing is he's he's game planned around his skill set, and that's a good football coach. You know, he's not asking uh, Daniel Jones to do anything that he hasn't done yet in his career. It's all based on here's the game plan based on what he can do. We're going to stay away from his weaknesses, and for the most part, it's worked this season. But uh, I think I would aim elsewhere for a starting quarterback if I was a guy like Dable, obviously out here with McDaniel's. There's just not a lot of quarterbacks out there right, the ready to win problem. in the who NFL. Are you bring in, I right? know.
3: I mean I know. I keep hearing bring in a veteran. Russell Wilson uh, might be
5: available. <laughs> yeah, you
3: think so? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to pay off that deal? <laughs> wow. All right, well, hey, we're going to talk Chargers Raiders a little bit more next and uh, also Seahawks, Rams. I don't want to give you a reason to tune out, but uh, Seahawks, Rams, <laughs> and Jaguars, Lions, too. <laughs> so stick with us.
2: <laughs> this is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Cyber Monday deal of vSIN has been extended. Sign up today to become a vSIN Pro subscriber, and you will get a daily recap of the top plays made by vSIN show hosts and guests. You get betting splits, you get daily betting reports, our upcoming college football bowl guide, Super Bowl betting guide. vSIN Pro annual subscribers now get a $30 credit to the vSIN store. It's an extended Cyber Monday offer, and it won't last long, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. At vsin.com slash subscribe. vsi com slash subscribe. Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans, back here at the V-SIN studio inside the Circus Sportsbook where the place is packed uh, tonight. It's been a big weekend out here. Starting this morning, Scott, I was here early morning and the uh, U.S. soccer game was on. Mm-hmm. And this place was jammed for the soccer was it? game. Uh, I was surprised. And actually, as I was walking out, the U.S. scored a goal. People were delirious. And then about <laughs> 10 minutes later, the U.S. gave up a goal. And uh, the game was over.
5: I was shocked at how many people were on the U.S. bandwagon for this game this today. And when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned Netherlands is getting long in the tooth. Uh, but I couldn't see them losing right. to Team USA. There's one team in the Netherlands that has been almost a perennial contender against a team that's just happy to get out of the opening round usually. They're so No doubt about anyway. it. Anyway.
3: Okay, let's talk about Chargers and Raiders. Raiders could not get out of the opening round of the playoffs <laughs> last year. But they got there. The Chargers didn't. Remember, it went down to a memorable uh, final week game in Las Vegas, the rematch. I thought that might have been the best game of the year, the last game (laughs) of the regular season between the Chargers and the Raiders. And uh, those teams met again in week one, and it was uh, not as eventful. And uh, the Raiders went down and did not cover because they didn't get a late two-point conversion in that game. Uh, Right now... It's a little bit interesting what's happening with the betting number in this game because Raiders opened the week two and a half point dogs. Right now, they're two and a half point favorites. And Scott, I'm really not sure why the number has flipped so much and why there's that much support for the Raiders at this point.
5: Yeah, I mean, and by the way, I chuckled because I was thinking of the coaching uh, at the end of the game in that game last year against the Chargers and, and the the terrible coaching decisions. But Yeah, I was looking for reasons as to why it might be this way, why the Raiders had moved so much and become the two-and-a-half-point favorite. But uh, I guess the issue is backing the Chargers on the road. Uh, But usually that's as a favorite we look to go against the Chargers when they're at home or on the road. But they can't run the football. Uh, They're struggling to get any kind of plays downfield. And that's why when the Raiders were getting a point at the time in the Westgate contest, we actually made the Raiders a play. Uh, We just thought that this Chargers offense is too easily, and I don't want to jinx anything here, but – too easily defended because they don't have the arsenal to get downfield with all the injuries they've suffered this year. And on top of it, I mean, you still got to take a shot. You still got to take your shot. You've got backup wide receivers that are college all stars. They might not be your top go to guys at wide receiver, but you have to try to loosen up an opposing defense, and they just don't do that. So it's tough to stretch a defense when you aren't generating any kind of big gains or at least a threat of a big gain. But the Raiders' pass defense can be had. The Chargers are well-coached. They come out and they take a couple of shots downfield early on in the game and try to uh, get the Raiders to stretch out a little bit. Uh, anyway, the wide receiver core has been banged up all season. I, I don't think they come through in this game and all of a sudden are able to make big plays against Las Vegas. I love Josh Jacobs. He does have the calf injury. If he's able to get it going early on and doesn't, uh, isn't suffering too much from that injury throughout the course of this game as he takes a couple of hits, then I think the Raiders get the win, but – Do I want to lay two and a half when I could have taken two and a half? No, I don't.
3: No, in fact, I took two and a half, and I'm thinking about if this number somehow I can get three on the Chargers, I got to do it, right?
5: Absolutely. I don't really
3: understand what the reason is for the big line move here, and uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, has got to be a huge factor in this game. If the if the Raiders are going to win or cover this number, Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs was phenomenal, uh, by the way, in the game at Seattle. Oh, he tore him uh, up. Yeah, he was the biggest factor. They Go. ran for
5: 280 in that game. I mean, they just went nuts. They threw for 282. too.
3: Put up 500 <laughs> yards, plus 500-plus yards of offense, and uh, Josh Jacobs was a big factor in that. Now, you got to wonder, as we look to the offseason with the Raiders, I've heard from reliable sources that Josh McDaniels wants to move on from Derek Carr, uh, but who's <laughs> going to be the quarterback? Who do you move on to? And uh, I wonder, Scott, if the Packers want to get out of the Aaron Rodgers contract somehow, and they think Jordan Love might finally be ready. Do we get a um, Do we get a reunion of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in Las Vegas next season?
5: At this point, and I've heard that being kind yeah. of thrown around a little bit over the last couple of weeks that maybe Rodgers lands here. You got Devontae Adams with that familiarity. They both respect each other so much. I remember at one point last year or the year before when Aaron Rodgers called Devontae Adams the best football player that he's ever played mm-hmm. with, not just the best wide receiver. So... There is that mutual respect. He should be over his thumb injury by then, and uh, <laughs> then we get to see what right. he can do. I would rather see Aaron Rodgers out here next year and see what happens the first few weeks than to go through the Derek Carr situation again. Um, Nothing against Derek Carr, but the bottom line is, is that man he just misses too many key passes in big moments. Mm-hmm. And when you got a guy breaking over the middle or going to the sideline and it's third and eight and you're in a game that you're up or down three points, and it's three minutes to go in the contest, and you can't even get it on target to an open receiver, you're not going to win games. You're going to lose more than you win, and that's what Derek Carr has been for the most part throughout his career in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, if I had a vote, bring Aaron Rodgers out here, heal up that thumb, get him some therapy, put him out on the field with Devontae Adams, and they'll be healthier. You'll get guys like Waller back in the mix also, and Waller's such a huge... A difference maker when it comes to this offense. We just haven't heard a lot
3: from uh, Hunter Renfro from Darren Waller. He's been banged up. You know, yep. We thought this offense was going to be dynamic. It, actually, the numbers are pretty good right now. The Raiders scoring 24 uh, points per game. Got to patch up the defense, and I think a lot of people would be fired up if it was actually Aaron Rodgers. That one uh, Derek Carr. You know, he put the Raiders in position to force overtime in that playoff game in Cincinnati. They get down there in the red zone. And he makes three questionable decisions right. in a row. And that kind of sums up Derek Carr, in my estimation. I think the Raiders are going to try to move on from him. All right, the uh, Seahawks have been seven-point favorites on the road for most of the week in L.A. against the Rams. We're seeing six-and-a-half right now at Circuit Sports. And, Scott, the defending Super Bowl champs look uh, pretty ragged at this point. The Rams, their coach, even got beat up, took a shot (laughs) to the face last week. Uh, I always look for live home dogs. I really didn't put much consideration into the Rams this week. We're a Home dog,
5: not the life part. There's no oh. doubt about that. So <laughs> it could be a dead home know. dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, it's gonna be Wolford, I guess, this week. And John Wolford is gonna uh, be the quarterback. I'm not sure it matters at this point because Stafford right. was banged up and had you know porous offensive line and his top receivers out and 10 to 8 touchdown to INT mm-hmm. uh mark this season. So I'm not sure there's that big of a difference when Wolford comes in there. Not a drop off too much for the Rams. They were already bad on offense and at the QB positions, uh positions so far this year. Uh, the Seahawks blew on last week against Vegas, but faced the league's worst offense in yards per point so they can bounce back. Uh, but the Rams aren't even a shell of last year's. I don't remember, Matt, try to think back at the last time that a defending Super Bowl champ was as irrelevant as the Rams are this early in the season. Right. And I think I might have mentioned last week or maybe another show that I remember Denver winning a Super Bowl then starting 8-4 and four, and then falling apart down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But at least they started 8-4, and four, so they were still in the mix 12 weeks into the season. I think the Seahawks are getting just what the doctor ordered after a couple of losses. Uh, I did tease them down, it didn't lay the points, but I did tease them down to minus one, and uh, again have them tied in with Baltimore at minus two and a half. So I'm not going to add them to the mix. I'm just going to stick with that teaser.
3: Yeah, I think the Seahawks do get back on track here. It seems to make sense. It's tough yeah. to it's tough to uh, believe in the Rams at this point. All right, we got a couple minutes left here for Jaguars <laughs> and Lions, and I talk about that Friday night contest we have here at circa. We had guys on both sides of this game. Uh, I am going passing on this game completely, <laughs> Scott. Uh, we've seen the line bounce from one both ways. Jaguars minus one, Lions minus one right now. Detroit, the favorite at uh, DraftKings. Uh, how do you cap this game?
5: I, I wondered if we were going to talk about this game tonight. I think this is the first time in the tw- 12 or 13 weeks we've done an NFL show that we've gone to the final 20 minutes of the show without talking about a game. Saving the best for last, obviously. (laughs) Way to go, Matt. Uh, But listen, Jacksonville has, what, uh, one road win in 22 road games, and it's basically a win, and you cover in this game. Over the last five games, you look at Detroit, three outright wins. They had two losses, but the losses came against Buffalo, and and another – I'm spacing off the second team they lost to, but I remember it was another uh, decent football opponent that they played against, and both winning scores. (laughs) That sounds so stupid, doesn't it? Football like, opponent. I don't know what he did, but he wasn't guilty of it. Uh, but anyway, both winning scores came in the final minute of play. Lions uh-huh. are about 30 seconds away from a 5-0 run. Uh, if you look at those two games coming down to the final minute, <laughs> I'm just thinking about what I said. It <laughs> me up sometimes. It gets late in the show. Uh, Trevor Lord's last three games. How about a 77% completion rate? 83 of 108. Mm-hmm. Six touchdowns. No picks. I like the Jags' offense. They're ninth and 13th in rushing and passing yards per game. Detroit's defense can be bad, obviously, but I think the Jags' defense, who are bottom five in DVOA against both the run and the pass, are susceptible to giving up a bunch of points. I like the over if I was going to play this. I have it. Uh Jonah Jackson, by the way, has been upgraded uh, to probable, but Evan Brown, who's up front also, uh, it looks like he's probably not going to play from last check. So... Uh, That does hurt up front at the center position for Jared Goff. But uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to see 55-56 combined points.
3: That is the only
5: game on the week uh,
3: 13 card we had not talked about for one minute until now.
5: jaguars lines great job
3: breaking it down. Yeah,
5: (laughs) especially that one. I can't remember they played, but it was close. The
3: Jaguars offense (laughs) did come to life uh, late last week, and it wasn't looking good until that point. But Trevor Lawrence uh, did finish it off for uh, Jacksonville a week ago. All right, let's uh, take a break. We come back. Uh, Scott's going to talk more about Russell Wilson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to have my best bets and contest plays as we wrap up the show tonight.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
4: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This
2: is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
3: All right, soccer fans. Lace up your cleats with BetRivers Online Sportsbook with the World Cup. Uh, now in full swing, it's a perfect time to check out BetRivers, log in into BetRivers every single match day, and get a $10 free bet when you place a wager release $25. BetRivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect match day experience. Go to BetRivers.com or download the app today to get in on the action. BetRivers.com, the BetRivers Sportsbook. All right, Scott, we get to it. We'll wrap up the show tonight with... Uh, my best bets and contest plays, and you and I have a lot in common uh, this week. I'm going to talk about the ones we do have in common first. And um, my contest plays are a little bit different. I did switch one out from the uh, uh, Circa Millions to the Westgate Superbook, which I've mm-hmm. been doing frequently. And uh, as of right now, my record in the Westgate Super contest is 35-23-2. Which is not great, but it's enough to keep me in contention. I looked at the standings this week, and you know, if you have a strong finish, you got a chance to really move up here uh, in the final six weeks. So definitely not out of it yet, uh, but can't have any more losing weeks. Let's put it that way. Just can't have more two, any more two and three uh, type of weeks. Uh, But the plays that you and I have in common are Jets plus three, Titans plus four and a half. And did you play the Colts on both cards? Yeah, we did. You did, yep. yeah, yeah. So I played the Jets, the Titans, and the Colts on both cards, and uh, the Jets were three, Titans four and a half, and the uh, Colts ten and a half at the Circa. At the Westgate, Jets three, Titans five, and Colts eleven and a half. So a little bit better number on two of those three plays uh, at the Westgate Super Contest. I want, again, to for you, now I like Mike White a lot. I think he makes the Jets more dangerous as sure. dogs. I think that team kind of, I don't want to say rallies around him, but the, you got to want to play for the quarterback, right? And I don't think many guys on that team like Zach Wilson.
5: Some and, of the things he said. I mean, uh, how could you? You know, I wouldn't want to play with a guy like that, obviously. And arrogant, immature. Yeah, very immature. I mean, didn't take accountability for his poor play in the game against uh, the Patriots. Almost like he's got a sense of insecurity, and that led to the immaturity coming out. Right. With what he said, we've actually got four of the same plays on that card right there. Uh, we've got the Jets, the Titans, the Raiders, and the Colts. Four in common. I don't have anything on this. On the, I mentioned earlier I was passing the Pittsburgh Atlanta game altogether, um, so I didn't use that or the other side. So that particular card, we've got no disagreements, man. I hope we uh, I hope we have a great day tomorrow. I was going to ask you real quickly about. I know you had one of the plays was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've talked about the total, but you know what was it that got you on the Buccaneers laying the three and a half this week?
3: Well, that was a tough one because I, I do. When I watched the Bucks the last two weeks, I feel like they're sitting on a breakout game offensively. And I think it could happen uh, this week against the Saints. Really, last week, I thought they were on the verge of busting out against the Browns. Right. That's a bad Browns defense. And I don't really think the Saints are playing for a whole lot at this point. They're 4-8. They're in the worst division in football. That's the only reason they're still relevant. <laughs> but I, I do think we're going to see a game real soon where the Bucks bust it open. They've, they've got big play personnel. Sure. And Tom Brady is playing at a high level. So I still think the Buccaneers uh, can can produce some big uh, offensive performances late in the season. We just haven't seen it in the last seven games. They haven't scored more than 22 points in any game. But I've got a sense that it's going to break out here against uh, the Saints. I was a little bit surprised actually a week ago that the uh, 49ers did not have more success offensively, did not hit for more big plays against that New Orleans defense. You were watching that game. You yeah. had to be surprised too. It was 13 nothing. They let the Saints hang around. Uh, but I, I thought the San Francisco offense would be a lot more explosive last week than it was.
5: Yeah, I don't get it. it was what, what The San Francisco team, I mean, it's like all of a sudden they're a media darling after the McCaffrey trade and all that kind of stuff, and I don't want to knock them too much. They're obviously a contender, but I don't know if they're as good as what they're being made out to be, especially by the non-betting mm-hmm. sports media. Um, I'm not a Jimmy G hater, detractor, whatever you want to call it. I think he's a pretty serviceable quarterback, but I don't know that he's going to win a big game for me if you're down – my 10 points in the fourth quarter right. in a key game or a playoff game. That scares me a little bit. I, I didn't do anything with their game this week. They're laying four to Miami. I'm not going to be shocked if the Dolphins find a way to pull the upset. But I was disappointed in their offensive output against uh, against New Orleans a couple of weeks ago, like you mentioned. Uh, I do think the Bucs, I agree with you, I think this is bust-out week. Obviously, I have to if I'm going to get over 40 and a half. So that's why I was thinking about that one. But uh, the only game that we really haven't talked about as far as why you like them over the other team is Pittsburgh. And again, it's not I don't disagree with that. I just completely passed on that game.
3: Yeah, that's another thing. Kyle Pitts is out for the Falcons. I think they're a bit of a fade. They've lost three of their past four. Their offense is averaging only fifteen points in those losses. And actually with the Steelers defense at full strength is a pretty good defense. And
5: TJ Watt is probably
3: gonna play. Right. So when I mean, you got Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt out there. I still think it's a really good defense. Sure. And here's the thing. I trust Mike Tomlin a little bit go. more. Plus Tomlin on the road has been uh, successful. Uh, and after watching the uh, Steelers on Monday night, I had a little bit more faith in Kenny Pickett because even though I've been critical of Pickett, I thought he played his best game in terms of, uh, he was making quick decisions. He was making smart decisions. He was uh, not turning the football over mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that's one thing Kenny Pickett was doing earlier was uh, he was throwing costly picks and uh, setting the offense back, and he didn't do that. So I have a little bit more faith in the Steelers after watching that game.
5: That uh, bye week, night. by the way, a few weeks ago, it's yeah. like they took that time and they got him kind of a little bit unwound and on, tra- on track and everything. And ever since then, you know, again, they've won two of the last three weeks, and I backed him two of the last three weeks. Uh, so I think Kenny Pickett learned a lot in that bye week, and I'm a huge Mike Tomlin fan. Yeah. I mean, who's not? You know, I mean, Mike Tomlin just gets the job done, and he's – coaching the heck out of this team. Plus, at the same time, three weeks ago, they got healthy on defense with Watt and Fitzpatrick.
3: Yeah, and uh, Paul Bovee, who was uh, mocking me for taking the Steelers as home dogs against <laughs> the uh, Saints a few weeks ago. Even Paul said he leans to the Steelers this That's week. right. How about didn't, that? you, why
5: didn't you bring that up to him? You know, about, we ran uh, out of time. Oh, okay. Paul talked all the that's way right, through the that's break. True. Uh, that's true. Right. I've asked Paul to order me a pizza before when I've been meeting him for lunch, and it takes him a half hour So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's
3: right. Great spot from Paul tonight with his best plays. If you want to catch a show replay, go to vsyn.com You can catch all the replays up there uh, for all the shows. But the Sunday bet prep show is what we're on uh, right now. Scott, I kind of want to wrap up the show tonight with a play, a common play you and I have. But you said it's your best bet Mm -hmm. on the card. And again, uh, the one play I switched out from the contest, Jets, Steelers, Titans, Colts, Bucks, and the um, Circa, Jets, Steelers, Titans, Colts, Raiders, In the Westgate, where I use the Raiders plus one and a half, I do like the Raiders a little bit more than the Bucs. The Jets are a a play that you and I have in common, and you said it's your best bet on the card. No, I look at this New York defense right now, fifth in the NFL in scoring 17.8 points per game. And I think when you put Mike White in combination with that defense, Mm -hmm. uh, the Jets could be uh, tough to beat down the stretch. And also the Vikings, by the way, nine and two with a point differential of plus five on the season.
5: Well, that's what I was talking about. The Vikings, they've got a negative yards per point margin. Uh-huh. Uh, they're the fourth worst defense when it comes to uh, uh, that particular metric. They're bottom third in the NFL in DVOA. And you know what? They they just don't cover well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing about Mike White is hes we saw last week, and I think he'll be the same this week. He doesn't try to do too much when he's on the field. Basically sticks within the game plan, doesn't try to get out of the context of the game plan, and that's why he was a safe pass last week. You know, he just threw the ball where it needed to be. And he he did look off his first receiver. I saw him doing that a couple of times. And when a guy hasn't played for as long as Mike White hasn't played since last year, I want to see, is he going to look off the first receiver? Is he going to follow him with his eyes all the way and make it easy on the defensive back in the defensive backfield? And I recorded the game because I wanted to go back and see and He didn't, man. He was looking off receivers. He was, you know, kind of fooling the defenders a little bit. And, you know, Chicago's actually got a better... Uh, pass defense when it comes to yards passing allowed per game than do the Vikings. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Vikings are susceptible against a good offense, and I think this is a step up for the New York Jets with Mike White. I don't like to get too caught up in one game, but when I went back and watched a little bit of the replay, I thought, you know what, I could back him again this week, getting a field goal for Minnesota. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if they come through, but it it was, out of all my plays this week, that was my top play in the NFL. All
3: right. Well, It looks like uh, the Big Ten title game winding down here two and a half minutes to go. And uh, I might take a a tough beat here, Scott. Got 17 with Purdue. And Michigan just ripped off a long run. Has first down inside the 10-yard line with uh, about two minutes to go. So, um, you know, and this happens a lot in the NFL. You get a lot of these coin flip type uh, spread decisions where you hope things go your way in the final two minutes. And uh, it seems like
5: more often than not, they don't. Well, the good thing here is Purdue's not using their last timeout with two minutes to go, and that clock's running, and they're about three yards away from the end zone, Michigan. So I don't
3: think Jim Harbaugh's going to go to a knee, though. I think he wants to punch one in. You think
5: he'll punch it in? Yeah, you think this is like, you know, I'm Jim Harbaugh, and eh, you know, we're kicking your butt. Why back. not? You, I you like got a Harbaugh, minute 45 by the way. He turned the <laughs> corner in my eyes over the last year. Uh, but uh, a minute 30 to go by the time they get this one underway, Matt. So, just take one knee and then it's over. They're not going to. If he takes a knee, you're in, man. Come on, a minute 30. He's not left. taking a knee. He's got to make a stop. You got to make a stop. Oh, Jesus. You get the touchdown? I think he bowled his way in after getting stopped initially. Touchdown. Yeah.
3: That's a tough one. You know, yep. but
5: a lot of times in the NFL, this is
3: what it comes down to, too, in these contests. Like last week at the Falcons plus four and a half. Right. You get first and goal, can't get it. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's a tough one. Anyway, uh, that wraps up the Sunday Bet Prep Show. Thanks to uh, all the guests we had on tonight. Great guest list. Scott Spritzer his co host. Uh, have a winning weekend. VCEN, the Sports Betting
0: Network.
3: Zumo Play.